0: No snake! There was no snake! No snakes were harmed in the making of this snake oil. Hello, and welcome back to The Journey, the self-care podcast going beyond beauty products. My name is Kelly. I'm the creator and host, and I'm a human being who's just trying to navigate the wellness space. You know, wellness is a big part of self-care for so many of us, and it's definitely a very helpful space. But you know, there is a lot of nonsense out there, and there's a lot of stuff to be aware of if you want to be a smart consumer. Today, I welcome back Mal Beckett to the podcast. She's been a guest on so many episodes of this show. At this point, you're just listening to two friends recording their conversations. And she and I, we click on so much, but one thing we love to talk about on this podcast, but also like offline or off-mic as well, is wellness and wellness nonsense. And just like all of the like things we wanna we wanna debunk, we want people to be able to recognize within wellness. You know, this episode really, I mean, look, it's kind of a shit post. It kind of is. Um, we we got some things to say. We got to get it off of our chest. But honestly, this episode relates so much to a couple of the last episodes um, on this show. It really does relate to critical thinking in the beauty space with Michelle Wong, especially talking about the marketing tactics used to, um, to sell beauty products to us, especially the use of fear as a marketing tactic to get you to purchase something. This is something we're going to see a little bit in this story, as well as concepts like like magical thinking, cultural appropriation, and predatory profit systems. But this episode also relates to my recent solo cast, The Hidden History of Self-Care, because in that episode, we really learned that self-care was really not about buying things at all. It was never about beauty products or selling wellness or buying anything. It was really about community care and it was about activism. And in that episode, I talked just a little bit about the rise of wellness and, you know, how wellness was on the rise parallel to self-care kind of starting to fall away a little bit. Wellness started to become a more mainstream trend starting in the late 70s, really ramping up in the 80s, really becoming robust in the late 1990s. And of course, today, wellness is a huge industry. So in today's episode, we're really focusing on wellness as a a trillion dollar industry and talking about the origins of the wellness industry. And it actually goes back further, but I'm going to take you back to the 1880s. I looked into this. It really kind of starts, especially in the United States, with snake oil. And I'm really excited to tell you all about that because it is kind of a wild story. Then I'm going to hand it over to Mao and she's going to talk about our modern day wellness guru and empire, Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. And we had so much to say on this topic that it's actually going to be a two-parter. Then come back in two weeks for part two, where Mao tells us all about moon juice. And we have some final thoughts about modern-day wellness and snake oil. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Let's jump right on in. So this conversation is going to be amazing because I have back with me Mal Beckett, probably my most prolific guest on the podcast. (laughs) How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited, Kelly. Thank you for thinking about me and and having me on for this because a girl can go on and on about this.
0: I know specifically, (laughs) and this con this this episode was inspired by the conversations that we have mostly sometimes on the podcast, but mostly offline about all the wellness nonsense (laughs) that we have encountered. And yeah, in between talking about uh, true crime and serial killers and cults, we are talking about wellness scams. (laughs) So, um, for those who are new to the podcast, do you mind just introducing yourself? What you do, Mel.
1: Yeah, Um, so I am Mal Beckett. I'm the owner and founder of Reset and Resilient Wellness. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, um, radical healing coach. So I uh, practice therapy with um, clients in Hawaii, Massachusetts and Guam, but I, I see folks for coaching one-on-one all over. And a big piece of my work that I do is in the therapy space, but also in like community and collective space is decolonizing healing and wellness. So like I said, I can go on forever. <laughs> um, and I do with my co-host on my my podcast, Millennial Therapist Podcast with Neo, because it's also intertwined with one another. It, you know, I kind of um, smiled when Kelly mentioned, you know, like in talking about true crime and cults, wellness came up, and that's not by accident. Right. <laughs> um, because a lot of times, the wellness is the gateway to to the cults, to you know, m- hmm. unfortunately, murder and death. And I mean, it, it may sound like dramatic, but it happens, and it it it's important for us to put it out there and and have these conversations um because oftentimes it's very silenced and and siloed so yeah so uh I love all of this because I, I love what you mentioned Kelly about like the critical thinking right so it's like intentional spending intentional consumerism like no one's saying like don't buy anything or enjoy those things but I think it's helpful to to understand where it came from, how it came about, and, and also making sure that we're honoring these mm-hmm. practices, and that's how we be, like, a kind human. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and this episode is coming off the heels of the history of self-care, which is a really great sister episode to this um just talking about the origins of of self-care, where it was born. Um and how we can really honor that that origin and it, you know, hint hint its origins were not in capitalism, but it, today a lot of it feels deeply entrenched in capitalism. And so it is nice to learn the history and and honor it and like you said it's it, it's fine you can buy things it's absolutely fine but having both eyes open is so helpful. So um, I'm really excited to talk about um, goop, about moon juice, about the history of snake oil. Like we are, we are going to take you on an odyssey um, through the the roots of the wellness space, what it looks like today, and um, just kind of unpack some nonsense uh, that we're seeing and some some real uh, critical themes that run through a lot of. Uh, the history of wellness, but also the wellness that we see today. When we talk about like goofy wellness, like woo-woo wellness, like people uh, using crystals and essential oils and Reiki and all that, you know, you're, you're a little bit like, okay, that's just that's really goofy. That's just, um, that's just snake oil, like something that doesn't work. It's just, it's made up. It's just something that's being sold to you and it doesn't really work. It's just fake. And that is what the term snake oil means today. There's actually a deep story here and it's certainly not the origin of wellness in the, like our planet, but it certainly is um, a deep origin for wellness in the United States at the very least. So, Snake oil really was born from the, um, the migration of Chinese immigrants to the United States in like the 1850s to the 1880s. It was like a big booming period for um, Chinese immigrants. And they came over mainly working uh, to build the railroad system in the United States. They were often very, very poor and working very hard to send money back home, either to bring family over to the United States or to support them. So they were often actually uh, paid much less than the white workers that they worked uh, shoulder to shoulder with on the railroads. And this is hard work, you know, laying down railroad tracks and driving the spikes into into the ground like that is backbreaking labor. And so, of course, at the end of the day, they would have really achy joints and, and pain. And the Chinese immigrants would use this age old remedy of rubbing snake oil onto the achy joints to relieve the inflammation. And um, this was concocted off of boiling a Chinese water snake. And then they would just like siphon off the oil off the top of the water. And this oil, uh, you know, they studied this. Many, many, many decades, hundreds of years later to find out if snake oil actually worked. And it does because it's actually high in omega three fatty acids, and that actually helps to reduce the inflammation in the joints. So snake oil actually works. and the Chinese immigrants would share this with the the uh, their white coworkers. and they found out that this actually works too. And so word starts to kind of slowly spread across the country about this remedy for pain that that actually works, that the Chinese immigrants have been using for, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Something that's really important to remember about this time in America, too, is like medicine is basically... I don't know. It's just like not a, a trusted practice. There is not a lot of hygiene. I mean, this is the time where we don't know about germs or not washing our hands. Right. So there's not a lot of success rate with medicine. Um, oftentimes doctors are also like farmers because they can't make a living being a doctor because doctors just, they're just not, it's just not that important of a role as it, it starts to develop, you know, in the 20th century. And, um, it's just not trusted. You know, we just didn't know a lot. It wasn't trusted. And I think that when people are in a state of distrust of science, of medicine, they are more willing to turn to alternative methods um, and to believe in alternative medicine a lot more. And I do feel like we are in kind of a similar situation in our current age but i do think that it is interesting that 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 kind of opens us up to alternatives. so one of the alternatives that shows up besides your, you know, hometown doctor is a medicine show. medicine shows actually they were not born in america. they have roots in the dark ages in europe. they've been going on forever. But they became an extremely popular form of entertainment in the 1800s. So traveling shows would feature medicine men. And these were the men who were selling their patent medicines, which were their miraculous cures. And in the medicine shows, you know, it wasn't just the, these, these people selling. It was also entertainment. It was almost like a circus. There was like acrobats. There was a flea circus. There was music, magicians, storytelling, like for an extremely rural area, which a lot of areas were at this point point in time in our history. This was huge. This was a really big deal. And it actually reminded me a lot of the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy goes to the fortune teller. It reminds me a lot of that kind of like that kind of vibe. Um, So Patent medicine is what they were selling at the medicine shows. Uh, patent medicine is decidedly unpatented, <laughs> um, but it has its origins in the 17th century where um, these uh, these like medical elixirs became really popular with royals. And so the medicine men would ask to use their letters patent to advertising, like, oh, princess so-and-so loves my royal elixir. So that's where the name patent medicine oh, comes like- from.
1: Like old school sponsor. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hashtag ad. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So this would just basically be a proprietary blend of stuff. Um, Sometimes it actually worked, um, but often they were using dangerous and like undisclosed ingredients in their formulas like opium and cocaine and lots and lots and lots of alcohol. Mm.
1: Looking at you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, Coca-Cola is actually born around this time as a medical elixir, and it did actually contain cocaine and caffeine from 1886 to about 1903. So that's why people loved it so much as you would just get hopped up on caffeine and cocaine. Um but there was actually even like instances of like infant like tooth uh soothing uh patent medicine that contained opium like of course it worked, but was it safe? was it effective? you know of course at this t- point in time, medicine's still very young. we don't know these things, but this is where I think patent medicine really picks up in popularity because like I said, a lot of it did actually work or you were just, hooked on it. You were just addicted to it and you just got buying it. So this is interesting too, to think about patent medicine as the origins of modern advertising too. And it's super important to understand like the intersection of wellness and advertising throughout history. But of course, today, I think it's really important to have a sharp eye about how things are marketed to us and the tactics that are used. But it's so interesting to think that patent medicine was using posters. They were using jingles. Um, they were using branding. And one of the most critically important things uh, to advertising of patent medicine was the story. Now, myself as somebody who would be considered a content creator, or an influencer online, I understand the importance of the story. You really have to craft your story you can't just say this thing works. You have to say why it works, why it changed your life, why why there's an emotional component to it, right? And that's exactly the same thing that these medicine men were doing um, at the shows. They were crafting the story. And one of the stories that was incredibly compelling at this time, remember, we're talking like the 1880s-ish kind of point in time, uh, Native American themes were used, a lot. So this is where cultural appropriation uh, enters the chat. And I mean, it's always the question is this appropriation or is it appreciation? But I think this is appropriation because
1: it, um per the history yeah. it was not a per, it was not a proof appreciation based on how they treated the indigenous population so yeah.
0: Yes Good and <laughs> this is really where we see the use of the old uh, noble savage trope I, of course I'm putting this into air quotes guys because this is the trope of an uncorrupted uh, a human who is untouched by civilization which we know is garbage because indigenous populations in the Americas were very advanced civilizations much more advanced maybe even arguably than the Europeans and much sooner than the Europeans were. This is the history that is not taught to us. But um, this was a trope that was fairly popular for a long time, and, and especially during this age of the mysteries of these people untouched by civilization, close to nature, who understand herbs. And, you know, it was never the native people selling this healing, you know, elixir. It was always it always had to be brought to us by a white person, predominantly a white man, right? There's probably not a lot of medicine women. Um, Dr. Quinn medicine woman, but I don't think she was selling this stuff, (laughs) but, um, Yes, we had to we had to have that bridge of a white man selling us the the native elixirs. So so it's still very white centered. Very much so. Very much so. And I mean, we we will talk about this, I think, especially with Moon Juice. We will see this 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 come up in in this day and age. It's still actually happening. Um, But one really kind of like cute little story, not cute, but like one little story about this is a really popular patent medicine that was called like uh, Dr. Morse. Um, And Dr. Morse had a whole story advertising uh, that he traveled extensively through Asia, Africa, and Europe. And he also lived with indigenous Americans for years to develop Dr. Morse Indian root pills. And there's no evidence that Dr. Morris existed. (laughs) There's no evidence of his travels. There's no evidence this is a doctor. Um, You could pretty much just say anything you wanted. And that's where we see the power of storytelling and advertising, even all the way back, back in the 1880s. And the use of really kind of like exoticizing uh, different cultures and really using that to sell, but really using it in very vague terms. It's like, well, I live with the indigenous population to right. so learn their healing methods, but it's really taken out of and context. it's exploitative.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's super exploitative too, right? Because they're saying, I've learned from them and I'm taking all of this, but you need, you need it to hear it from me, like right, like if it's never right. centering these natural indigenous folks that that you that we're learning these beautiful traditions and practices, and that and and I really appreciate bringing this up because that anti that like I don't want to say xenophobia, but like yeah, like that centering of whiteness has been going on ever since mm-hmm. because that's the that's the. That's the the symptom of colonial uh, colonization, right? Like mm-hmm. um, that the settlers are coming on and and exploiting and taking the resources. Sorry, this guy. We got a sick little one um, at home. <laughs> yeah, so don't mind. I swear he's safe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the elite, right? It's the mm-hmm. elite privileged folks which are the white and in and currently still right the the um the whiteness is having access to the indigenous to the people of color and then creating that rhetoric of like you need it from us
0: Yeah. yeah yeah it's really interesting to to see how this is going to this is going to weave into the story of really, I mean, we could probably take 10 different wellness brands or, or whatever, you, you know, like wellness trends and probably seven out of the 10 are going to have some of these themes in them of cultural appropriation of like the magical thinking. And, um, what I'm about to talk about, which is the predatory profit system within it. It's just, It's really interesting to see how these things have not changed um, and how these themes still still do resonate today. So, yeah, they're taking the ingredients and the cultures out of context. It's just like a vague mention of – and what I always find interesting too, this is a side note, but like we – I don't think the episode is out. It won't be out when this comes out, but we talked about – Um, Warren Jeffs and the Fundamental Latter-day Saints on your podcast and we talked about how the Mormon pioneers came into Utah and basically acted like there was not a Native population there. It was just like, this is our land. There's nobody here. And that's what I'm seeing in these stories is they're talking about Native cultures like they're already gone. like
1: The magic secrets we'll never know right so the uh, no that's such a great point and actually i learned through my my yoga training or my yoga teacher training is that no is that um that there's two terms of um glamour glamorization mm-hmm. and um sterilization mm. of the culture so glamorizing is essentially like you know like uh namaste in bed right mm. and we'll talk about how moon juice does it where they have a product called um magnesium yeah. like magnesium like what what the the mantra um which is glamorization and sterilization like you're saying kelly is per- like t- uh, taking bits and pieces and not honoring the origin so you sterilize it and make it more palpable and paddle pat What's the word? Palatable, whatever that tastes better. Supposedly, palatable. unseasoned, <laughs> palatable, <laughs> making it unseasoned for for the for the the for the white population mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we're seeing there, right?
0: Yeah, that's actually a great lead into the the development of snake oil into a patent medicine and the development of snake oil, not meaning a great um, medicine that helps achy joints, but actually encompassing, like just becoming a generic term for something that doesn't work, something that's fake um, and something that is being sold to us. So snake oil um, is actually really predominantly brought into popularity by a man called Clark Stanley. Um, he is a cowboy and he supposedly learns his um, medicine, herbal healing powers from the Hopi Indians in Arizona. He claims to have spent two years working with a medicine man from the Hopi tribe. So he develops a patent medicine of snake oil and it really is... The advertising, because it wasn't just, hey, buy my snake oil, it works. He has this whole show. So his show, because he's this cowboy personality bigger than life, he starts by wrestling a rattlesnake. Rattlesnakes are, you know, they're everywhere in the American West feared probably as well, right? So this was like this big macho man wrestling this this rattlesnake as he's talking about how we need to get the snake. We have to get the oils, extract the oils of the snake for the healing powers of the snake oil. And he would wrestle it into this pot and boil it. And then he would probably like unveil his like bottles, his tower of this how I imagine it, his tower of bottles in his wagon, by my snake oil. And um it was incredibly popular. It was, such, I mean, this sounds incredibly entertaining. Like, there's no TV. There's no radio. There's no TikTok. True. Like,
1: I'd watch a guy.
0: I'd, yeah, no TikTok. I'd watch a guy wrestle a snake. Right? Sure. Like, I mean, you're working super hard. Like, there's not much here. This medicine show is all you got. And this guy is bigger than life. He is, you know, the life of the party. And so he starts selling this around 1879. In 1916, Okay, it's a huge span of time he's selling this this snake oil, legitimately selling snake oil. Um, Because of the Food and Drug Act, um, the regulations that started to get passed around this time in 1916, they start to look into snake oil, and um, they find out that uh, Clark Stanley's snake oil is actually made up of mineral oil, red pepper, to give you that warming sensation, turpentine. For the color. And beef fat. No snake was harmed. There was no snake. No snakes were harmed in the making of this snake oil. Yeah. um, So this is where we get the term snake oil. Uh, We're selling it as snake oil. It doesn't even contain the main ingredient that it is you know, purportedly containing. So this is where the term just picks up in popularity um, as meaning something fake, something that doesn't work. And I think especially the personality of Clark Stanley, too, is just of something it's not just a snake. It's not just snake oil. It's a snake oil salesman. It's the personality of the person. It's that bigger than life, life of the party, the the story, the spectacle, the branding. Um, Clark Stanley really understood that his product didn't have to work. It didn't even have to contain the ingredient, but it sold for how many years? Because it was based off of his personality. And I think that that is it. actually another huge theme with Goop. We've got Gwyneth Paltrow and then Moon Juice with Amanda Chantal Bacon. Uh, these are definitely brands that are built off the backs of, of these women's personalities as well. Um, and so that's always something I think that's important to interrogate. This is something I come up against in the skincare world a lot is i see a lot of like celebrity backed or influencer backed, like um skincare lines. And I think it's always interesting to see how much of the founder is 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 a part of the brand. And it's not how much are they involved, but it's how much of the brand is is built around them and their personality. Because to me right. that's always like something that I really
1: want to look at critically. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And yeah, and 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 that's why I think uh, immediately goop was one and then moon juice um i'm glad kelly you brought that up because i was like oh absolutely because i saw them in passing and i was like ew like i didn't even (laughs) want to dig into them because i was just like infuriating to see what she was selling and what yeah so yeah this is a space where i will rage about it because it's (laughs) so Ridiculous, Yeah. And
0: one thing I want to point out before we move on just about the history of snake oil is we learned about Clark Stanley and, and how he sold snake oil for so many years and was it was incredibly successful with it is within that story of how he sold it with the rattlesnake and everything completely the entire identity of the chinese immigrants who who brought this to the states is completely erased they're not even using a chinese water snake a rat if he was even boiling the rattlesnake it wouldn't have even had the omega 3 properties that the specific chinese water snake has and he, there was no snake in it at, at all but i'm just saying that like the the identity of the culture the the honoring of the actual ingredient, everything is com- is completely erased and the it's completely taken out of context. It's like, well, whatever. We don't need we don't need a Chinese you know water snake. It's just any snake will do
1: or no snake will do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that speaks to also during that time, because the the Chinese was brought over to to the. To the U.S. to build railroads, like, during that time was also the anti-Chinese immigration law that, you know, was heavily discriminatory. So they were brought over, exploited, and then completely discriminated against, but then used their, yeah, and then completely erased again. So it's just this constant um, erasure and sterilization um and xenophobia in the term of snake oil now you know what I mean like the mm, way it, it evolved mm. like you said um because it can't, I didn't even realize that was the history of it of the, what snake oil was um so it so it it the root of it is anti Chinese yeah snake oil yeah
0: it, there's uh, there's so much involved in it and how how it came to the the phrase has come to a state and you hear it a lot actually in politics and it it is slung around as like um oh he's a snake oil salesman you know um and that's obviously like, un-
1: um untrust like – what's the word? Like, like uh, you can't trust them.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, like he's a – well, this is a good one. He's a snake, right? Like, he, you can't trust him. He's just selling you snake oil, right. which doesn't have snake in it. Yep. Right. Like, he's just giving you empty promises <laughs> that he'll never follow through on. Or she, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting how this has actually been, yeah, co-opted by the political movements. You hear it a lot now in modern politics. But it, it, it does still apply to to the wellness space, and um, we're still doing it. Like, we're still doing this. We are still romanticizing, fetish, fetishizing other cultures while still, you know, taking it out of context, r- referring to it in the vaguest sense, erasing an identity Um erasing the context of it. And a smaller theme within that, but I think it's going to be a bigger theme in goop and moon juice is the magical thinking where it's just like, you know, I don't really need proof to believe that it's going to work. I just need the story. And I think so many of us are disenchanted with the medical system. Um, In this country, in the United States, I I certainly know I am. So I, I understand why the thought of maybe just blasting your body with adaptogens or just like living a healthier lifestyle is going to cure why you don't feel good. You know, this, this vague, I don't know why I don't feel good. Um, I think there's probably a huge rise in that too, because like most of us haven't felt good for the last two years. Right. And it's kind of indescribable how we're just not feeling well. Um, and we are searching for, for the answers to heal ourselves and it's not something that doctors are necessarily going to honor beyond a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or whatever right so it's just like if i just don't feel good i might turn to taking supplements i might turn to crystals i might turn to yoga and i think that that takes vulnerable people with an open mind and can really exploit exploit people who are in that 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 place so I think now would yeah. be a great time right. to start to introduce our modern
1: <laughs> snake oil,
0: <laughs> our modern wellness yes. um, nonsense that we wanted to talk about today.
1: Oh, Miss Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, how <laughs> shall we start this? Um, there's a really, I want to reference uh, the this specific article because it does such a beautiful job in, in talking about this situation and offering voices from black and brown um wellness influencers, content creators, and just coaches, right? Um and it's it's on birdie.com called Unpacking the Wellness Industry's Whitewashing Problem. Um like Kelly had had beautifully opened this episode about like it's not a new phenomenon. It's been happening for for hundreds of years um and it looks differently right it, it's adapted mm. and that's what like um uh, um colonialism and neo-colonialism is right like where neo-colonialism is essentially co- like colonization that's still happening but it looks different from what we've studied right it's not just mm. Christopher Columbus coming and you know, colonizing and prophesizing. It looks in. It looks different in modern times. So I want to give um, this this article and the author um, much credit. So Sydney Gore wrote this article um, that really goes deep into it. So. Well, yeah, I, I I can't think about whitewashing wellness without thinking about Miss Um, and why you ask? It's because she is obviously an actress, comes from a family of actors and directors, and, and in the industry, so lots of privilege there. Um, she launched two thousand eight, and you know she she has this like origin story of like. It was created in in my kitchen. I'm sorry, in your mansion kitchen. Like stop it. Like let stop pretending that it was from like the studio kitchen or whatever, like her humble beginnings. Like mm-hmm. it was in your multi-million dollar kitchen, but that's cute. Um and and obviously it's grown a lot. And mm-hmm. they and the this is from her website. Um they operate from a place of curiosity and non-judgment. They start Start hard conversations, crack open taboos, and look for connection and um, resonance everywhere we can find it. We don't mind being the tip of the spear. In short, we go first, so you don't have to. We're glad you're here. So this is straight from the Goop website. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very robust website. So a little timeline of what, again, straight from the about me, about Goop uh, section so 2004 before Goop was formed you know and, and and they use her initials I don't know this is just me being petty but this, they're trying to make her so like relatable mm-hmm. so instead of being like Gwyneth you know they're like GP <laughs> <What> the fuck up <laughs> <fuck? laughs> so GP is photographed at the Anchorman um, premiere with mm-hmm. cupping marks I remember and this and says Michael Phelps took note like really (laughs) really (laughs) like I grew up and again like I'm not gonna be like that's ours no like everything is so open to like every like like healing holistic wellness is for everybody but the way it has been co-opted and and again sterilized this is infuriating to me (laughs) so not once from what I remember did she talk about what this cupping was and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really remember. 2004 was kind of my partying day, so I, could, <laughs> I couldn't have cared less. But, you know, like, yeah. And the same thing, M- Michael Phelps, right? Like, they see a white man, right? Or this mm-hmm. famous white man do it, and I was like, oh, my God. But, like, I was cupping my dad since I was little, like, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and – and I think it's kind of like – but then when they talk about it of what this cupping thing is, it was very like, oh, this ancient traditional thing that – it's like, no, people are still using it. It's not that ancient. Yes, it's it, from ancient, you know what I mean? But traditional, yeah. but people use it all the time. I remember – Kind of that very like
0: – yeah. Yeah, I remember the the coverage around this being very much like, like, um, oh, she's so dedicated. Like, she's so yes. dedicated she's to... She's so innovative. Right. Like, she's so dedicated to wellness, or she's so dedicated to herself. I think this is obviously before self-care was really the buzzword that it is. Right. Like, she's so dedicated to her self-care, right. right? And she she's going, like to to the ends of the earth to to yeah. find this ancient custom and you so know she probably different. just went to yeah. some like boutique like spa in beverly hills and had this done absolutely
1: like, she did not
0: go to immigrant communities in los angeles to no. have this done you know what i mean and
1: learn about it yeah exactly right. yeah absolutely yeah um that's a great point It like it's it, when it's done by these like these high visible celebrities it's it's still very sterilized and glamorized mm-hmm. right like it's still very centered around them um so then 2008 her first newsletter was sent to t- 10,000 subscribers and it had recipes of turkey ragu <laughs> banana nut muffins and she created the first goop detox recipes mm-hmm. Detox is so problematic. Like, (laughs) like just the word itself. One, you don't need specific I mean, whatever, I'm not gonna go into that. Right.
0: (laughs) This was actually when Um, we were when we were brainstorming this episode and we were talking about the different things that we wanted to like debunk. I said I said I wanted to talk about toxins, and then I just realized that it's just like too big of a concept
1: (laughs) to cover. I know we need a whole ass. I know we need a whole ass another podcast to do that. (laughs) Um. Ooh, pin that. But um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So but just using the word detox, right? Mm-hmm, like again, mm-hmm, people are like, "Oh, mm-hmm. what's that mean?" What's you know? Again, very centering to her. Like this, Beech has a recipe called detox teriyaki chicken. Okay. What the fuck does Tell that? Tell me more. Mean? What? Is, what <laughs> no. I, ne- I Honestly, I need to Google it. I need to. Yeah, I need to Google. What? What? What are you even talking about? And then if we think about what teriyaki chicken is, right? Mm-hmm. Teriyaki comes from the e- like e- Asian cuisine. Yeah. So, so now you're co-opting that. But yeah. Anyway, I have so to I just say, wanted to like, mention
0: that. I am so susceptible to the use of the words detox, toxins, cleanse. Like, yeah. I recognize this about myself. Like. I really tune into this and I know I'm not alone. And this is why I want to point this out of like, you should be aware of this because like, yeah, we all know what it feels like after we've drank a little bit too much or we we ate too much junk food, like we had an indulgent weekend or something, whatever. Right. And it's just, you you don't feel quite yourself. And so the, the idea of a cleanse or the idea of a detox or the, the idea that your body Uh is full of junky toxins that need to somehow be flushed away in order for you to feel good again, makes a lot of sense. These are really simple And you're terms. not wrong. Yeah, yes. I mean it's you're is not r- wrong for
1: feeling that way. Yeah,
0: it's just really simple to understand. It's easy for us to understand. And I think that's why we latch on to it so much because like Absolutely. actual science and stuff. And this is again, I'm gonna I'm gonna have like a whole like podcast like listening sheet for the people who are listening today because yeah. we talked about this with Michelle Wong in the beauty marketing mm. critical thinking episode about why nice. so many of uh, of these um, myths about sunscreen, especially in beauty products, about how Mm -hmm. they have, you know, these uh, toxic ingredients, why it's so easy for us to believe it is because it's easy to understand where science can be, right. Maybe possibly it could contain a small trace amount of these things. We don't like that. We like very straightforward stuff that's easy to understand. And I think toxins is one of them, but I guess my main point is like, Yes, we we latch onto it and it makes sense. But like we have a liver.
1: That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We pee, right? Yeah. Like pee, like you want to detox? Drink water and pee. Right. Yeah. Like I think like we you have that in us. And that's like why I'm so um on this on this rampage <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of like like decolonizing and decap like decommodifying wellness. Um, and health, because we all have it innately, it's just finding that knowledge mm. to be able to do that ourselves yeah. um, because what's happening is we're we're looking at these celebrities and these people as those folks to help guide us. but we have to remember in like intentional con- um, consumerism is that these people are just trying to make money like yeah. they don't care about you they don't we do they don't (laughs) or they're
0: they're just not qualified to speak on what they're speaking about like perhaps their intentions are good perhaps their experience is what they're sharing but we're taking it as like bible fact of and then and then we feel bad about ourselves when it doesn't work for us you know i think that it's hard to see we want to latch on to people like and and have them tell us the answers but we have to understand that like what are the qualifications to speak on these things? Is Gwen talking to us as a medical professional? Um, you know what I mean? Or is she talking to us as somebody who had an experience and wants to share, you know, as right. an influencer. And take
1: that. And as yeah. a business Exactly. And 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 take and, and really take that with a grain of salt too, right. right? Of like, like she if she's speaking on her experience, then it may not work. But but she will speak to say that like her way is the right way. So yeah. I think that's yeah. where also yeah. it's, you know, like with capitalism intentions always trash mm-hmm. to be honest you know what i mean like they use the story to to hook you in to mm-hmm. be relatable but in the long run they're trying to make money and right. and we're going to see this more as as we talk uh, talk about it um i mean are they awful people no is capitalism awful yes like <laughs> like that's the root of it mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm not trying to make an anti-Gwyneth and get her canceled at all. But, like, also, you know, if you're one to look at her superficially on paper, it seems like she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But she's perpetuating, you yeah. know, her and these these companies are perpetuating that. Yeah, harm
0: is harm. You know, intent is is something else. Um, But harm is harm, mm-hmm. right? So she can have good intentions and mm-hmm. still cause harm. And it, it doesn't right, mean she's right. evil. It just means that she has unintentionally caused harm. And she has intentionally or unintentionally t- totally influenced our modern wellness space.
1: Yes, that we, absolutely. That we, even
0: if you don't like, you know, like live in the goop universe, like if you don't prescribe yes. to that, you are still probably bumping up against it in the other wellness things that you are consuming um, because it just has influenced the way we think about things, the way that we approach things, the way that things are sold to us, Mm -hmm. the way that wellness is perceived. And Goop is not, to me, I I always imagine Goop is like a lifestyle. It's not really like a specific product. It's like the lifestyle of Goop is being sold to you. And like, if you just commit to the lifestyle, like you can live a better life. And that Mm -hmm. is- there's problems with that, too. Not for um, everybody. And yeah.
1: it's not for everybody. And that lifestyle is very cookie-cutter. And that's mm. where it's not, like, person-centered and and very white-centered. Like, it comes from a very elite, privileged Yeah, space. it's a really rich lifestyle. <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. And I'll definitely go into more about that now. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um so in the timeline she talks about or you know 2010 she adds meditation right and that's kind of the boom of meditation in the western world mm. um that has become more mainstream um that it's like not seen as so woo woo and whatever um again co-opted mm-hmm. not no credit given to the eastern practices and the buddhist hindu um spaces that it came from right just we see these white influencers or or celebrities doing it and we're like oh that's cool again okay but just know that it's perpetuating right the sterilization mm-hmm. of an appropriation um so again like i mentioned on paper she looks kind of dope right like she has these things that she is doing taboo and she talks about social justice things so i i I do want to give her that space but not too much credit because it is to then it's done intentionally to be like oh but we have this so then, she, because yeah, you can you can do the actions, but also if you don't emb- embody social justice and in, inclusivity, then like mm-hmm. it, to me it means nothing, right? Like you that that is just again um, perpetuating that like gaslighting and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even trickier because you're like surface looking like you you are part of the movement. But anyways, mm-hmm. the, the why I say that is because she has on her website. Um, some articles that talk about how a basic income project is lifting black mothers from poverty and they and they spotlight a specific nonprofit right they talk about how grocery stores are failing us mm-hmm. that food deserts aren't naturally occurring phenomena they're man-made dope like that's that's very like great like putting the forefront mm-hmm, mm-hmm she also talks about what does it mean to decriminalize psychedelics right so to, like so so talking about things that the social justice space is really looking at but that's all she does right mm-hmm. like that's she just has these articles on her website for folks to read mm-hmm. and a lot of them are written by the same author, editor, which okay. is Kelly Martin. Not trying to slander or deface her. But she'll write the articles or edit the articles, but then, show like, showcase people of color. Like, this is me looking at it, right? Like, just critically thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems very, like, superficial. So she yeah. has these articles that are saying, like, hey, this is here. I'm, you know, I know about it. But then she goes and has a $125 glow serum <laughs> to purchase. <laughs> I mean, do you, right? Products, sure. But when we look at a little deeper, why the F is this so expensive? <laughs> Especially when you are trying to market yourself as a like, what the fuck does she say uh, about her wellness company? Looking to look for connections that we can be for people, non-judgment, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you're selling vitamin C and hy- hyaluronic acid for hundred twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like I know this is in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, no, you can get that Kelly, for like, like twelve dollars from the ordinary. So much cheaper. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. it doesn't those ingredients that work aren't work beautifully. Expensive. No,
0: and I looked at the funny no. that goop and moon juice both have skincare lines because skincare is super hot right now. And so let's capitalize yep. on that. And I have, a, exactly. I have a I have a hard time with these like celebrities entering into the skincare space and stuff because I'm for like sure. why? Like why are you though? Because like what, what's for the face you, of it. What do you have to offer <laughs> that hasn't already been done? Like what's your specific point of view when it comes to skincare? Is it just because you're, you're goop, you're Gwyneth Paltrow. And so you're selling me that goop lifestyle. And so in order to live that goop lifestyle, you have to have the goop branded skincare because yeah, exactly. You look at the formulas and there's nothing innovative in there. The quality of hyaluronic acid or the, even the quantity is probably not anything that would merit that that high of a price. Um, L-ascorbic right. acid is not incredibly expensive. Um, I mean, it, it can sometimes be difficult to formulate with, but that still, again, doesn't dictate a high price. It just dictates right. a, a better cosmetic chemist, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, usually the luxury skincare, if you're really going to justify it based off of a formulation, is going to come from an expensive, high-quality ingredient like uh, a very potent green tea possibly Um, or uh, just – yeah.
1: often Something that is harder to get, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking of like Tatcha. Like Tatcha has like rice – like, what is it? Something like something with rice in it, like fermented rice and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I and I that's mean, like harder,
0: like SK2 uses. Um, right. Galactomyces ferment. And you can certainly get Galactomyces ferment for a cheaper cost in other Asian beauty products. But Galactomyces ferment in SK2 is definitely processed and handled in a very mm. different, higher quality way that I personally do believe dictates the higher price point. Like maybe not that high, but I'm just saying, like, it makes sense Short, why it costs yeah. more because it's not comparable to the cheaper options. But there's also ingredients out there like hyaluronic acid that are just plain common um and honestly not even that elegant like here i go off on a tangent like listeners who love skincare probably feel similarly like hyaluronic acid is kind of thick it's kind of sticky and like you have to know how to formulate with it and use it in the proper quantities or using the right types of hyaluronic acid because there's actually different Mm. varieties that can give you that plump feeling but if you're just using straight up hyaluronic acid or even sodium hyaluronic acid like it's okay, but it is literally in everything. So again, right. Wait, what right. are you selling me on with with the formula? Cause you're not. So it has to have something <laughs> to do with the marketing, the packaging, the people yep. behind it, and and just
1: the the customers who are ready with open wallets because they're buying into yep. the lifestyle, you know. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, yeah, and then she has another thing, morning skin super powder, vitamin C, grapeseed extract. Okay. again 30 it's a 30 pack and this is like a 30 pack thingy that you're supposed to use maybe every day 60 motherfucking dollars like no okay
0: yeah and i love the extra packaging waste as well for a company i'm assuming Uh, yeah Yeah. sustainable
1: i'm assuming exactly yeah no and that and that's the thing right as we like on paper it looks like cool but then Mm -hmm. when you break down like the the business model or like what yeah what they're yeah. offering it, it, it it's not mathing it's just another product that i had to put on there because i was like <laughs> what the f balance blocks right like yoga bands balance, balance okay. blocks mm-hmm. because because and the, which in the way she markets and brands it is that like whatever they have is innovative that they have to do it right mm-hmm. so that's the thing like that's where like it doesn't jive with me also i get it like we got to make money, capitalism, whatever, yeah. to survive right now before it burns down. But the way she does it is that, like, she has the best thing ever. So, it creates that FOMO and that, like, scarcity um, feeling for consumers. So, this balance block, she says, like, the way it's it's created, it's literally a half circle. Like, two half circle blocks mm-hmm. for $50. $50? Just because they're, yes. like, shaped <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> my just yoga blocks were like seven dollars off Amazon Basics. Thank
1: you. <laughs> it, honestly, and that, and, and you know, we'll go a little bit more. I will have another episode about it, but just like the commodification and 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 colonization of um yoga, mm-hmm. right? To say you need these crescent yoga blocks to have a better pro- practice, yoga practice, no, you effing don't. <laughs> don't get me started. um You could you could so just see some me, books
0: you could use books yes (laughs) you don't even need the blocks
1: you don't yeah you don't like yeah books a chair a small child you know (laughs) (laughs) like your pet like yeah yeah, no you don't need it so so my last thing about them is again like right the the lifestyle like Mm -hmm. kelly said like they are selling it hard. And these articles are very tricky because again they have those social social justice like oh I'm actually learning something because they have people on on there that are per, you know providing like that are in the field so you know they're providing like authentic authentic genuine information about the topic. Then you have this what, <laughs> this article 11 beauty and wellness rituals you can do from bed. I'm like cool, like some free okay. stuff, yeah. Like right ideas. I clicked on it, like open mind, and again, like I was researching this, researching this as open minded as I could. Like I wasn't out here to be like, oh, she sucks, and then you know I was trying to find this. Right. So I'm like, word, like this is something maybe free. Um, number one, wrap yourself in something soft. This is a coat for going nowhere. Wearing it is like wrapping yourself in the fluffiest, puffiest comforter out there. The home coat. You can find on Goop for $299. i was like okay
0: yeah wrap yourself yeah i know i like that feeling too when i'm in yeah. bed and i just like being cozy and exactly. i have this like little soft
1: blanket that i
0: like to go right up to my face and it feels so good
1: no you have to buy this one you have to buy this home coat <laughs> i need the home coat for three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah i mean it looks fluffy as fuck Take though, i'm not money. gonna lie but i am not paying <laughs> yeah i'm not paying i will buy a snuggie before i buy that i don't even know if i'd spend that on a winter coat <laughs> let alone just a coat for no. my house <laughs> A home coat when you home have coat. blankets. Um, so number two, breathe in grounding sets scents, beautiful. But then they they then they market their own yeah, essential, essential oil for thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay yeah. sure. Um, tap into your intuition. Normally you might pull off a handful of cards, spread them out, but this there's like this guidebook will tell you how to go deeper. Um, and then bonus points if you have a journal, $55 on this inner compass card. So it's like all stuff that you can buy on their website it's not it's not you know it's not this genuine list of like hey tips and Mm -hmm. it's like no buy this shit that's from the website and it's
0: not even like wrap yourself uh in something warm like a
1: blanket or your favorite
0: sweater or perhaps this coat it's like no it's legitimately in order to do what you need this motherfucking coat yeah in order (laughs) to pull the the intuitive card it needs to be this deck it can't be any deck. deck it has to be this deck
1: Yep. Yep. And then also get down with your prettiest, quietest vibrator. Viva la vulva vibrator is ideal for a long day in bed. It's super quiet. I mean, it's cute for $98. You can love yourself for free. Like, no. Stop it. Oh, man. There's more. Five, melt into infrared heat. A miniature infrared infrared heat mat oh, yeah. that takes thirty seconds mm-hmm. to set up six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty okay, cheap for the ones I've seen out there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, she has a like a long one for like two thousand yeah. yeah. dollars, which is fine. Like, I'm sure it's science. There's a lot of science that goes into creating this. Um, but to put it on a. Eleven things you can do from bed, like you asshole.
0: <laughs> you drink. The eleven
1: me. things you can do is shop this post. That's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> scroll this post. Yeah, exactly. Scroll, uh, scroll this in bed. Yeah. Um. Another thing. Uh. Best self relationship deck. So number six, get intimate with a lover. So literally, it's a list. It like it's like clickbait. It's because yeah. it's a list of things to buy. Yeah. Um, so that didn't that didn't sit well for me at all. Um, so I won't even go into the rest of this this list. Yeah, uh, I mean me it. See. It really
0: it yeah. really does. It's not okay. They slipped in some affiliate links, or they okay, of course, yep yeah, they they are selling their their exactly. business. Understandable, sure. but they're also not offering up like just idea alternatives right <laughs> yeah. right they're not they're they're not offering up like helpful uh, tips right and tricks that also kind of seamlessly they're you know oh you know go do this from bed wrap yourself in a sweater okay you know maybe yeah. you know do some self love maybe pull a card maybe use this infrared mat we sell one like every other right. like right. tip is right. somehow sponsored or you know being um yeah you know, made making a profit off of these tips, but it's like, you got to offer something like for free before you start selling. And so I think that's why it's so icky, like whatever, put your links in. It's cool. Everyone does it. Like I do it, but I'm just saying like, I think that there's a difference between just offering knowledge or offering ideas um, first and foremost that can help people. And then possibly suggesting a thing that they might, if they need to buy something, they could buy this. This is one thing that is a good thing to look at. But to say you have to buy this, you have to buy that. And that's again, it's the lifestyle because it's not just about being warm and cozy mm-hmm. with the blanket. It's about being with this house coat. This house coat makes yep. you well. This house coat makes you healthy. This house coat makes you a goopified person. And goopified people right, are, right. it's a specific. It means something about who you are as a person, right? Or that's what they're selling to you. Yeah, it, me- it means that you you care you you take yep. you take effort in your wellness and how you take care of yourself and you invest in yourself. I don't know. I just I just think that you can be an interesting, an interesting, like valuable, uh, amazing, graceful person without spending a dollar. Like it, it's just inherent within you. You can't buy mm-hmm. that. You can't buy. But that's how, mm-hmm. but that's, that's how our society is. Like the things that we own, the things that we do is who, it says something, we project out the image of who we want to be portrayed as to other people. And that's just yeah. psychology. I'm just kind of going off over to this other area because that bothers me so much because it's just like, well, like what I wear or like where I live or like the car that I drive or like the type of wellness that I invest into for myself doesn't necessarily define who I am as a person. It's not, it's the none of those are soulful things so um yeah it's just I mean you're just preying upon upon that it's very
1: yeah it's very um it's it's the aesthetic like that's Mm -hmm. what the wellness industry has completely promoted because the wellness industry is a trillion -trillion, multi-trillion I don't even know how many zeros that is (laughs) like (laughs) industry um and growing so so I so there's like and growing, right? And and that's where I we, we're here to we're having this conversation to disrupt that right. exploitation right. of our our goal to be healthy and and happy, right? The, the we deserve that, mm-hmm. and. It perpetuates our inability to be that when they're saying, "Oh, but you gotta buy this, and we can't afford it." Yeah, <laughs>
0: like,
1: yeah, that's not okay.
0: There is an underlying like prejudice to poverty in a lot of this, and I'm not necessarily saying that within Goop itself. But I'm sure it's present, but I just mean generally in wellness, and it actually is. a lot in like the <sighs> diet space, in my opinion. Too like diet and fitness space you see it a lot because it's just like well you know if you just stop buying starbucks you could afford it like if you just you stopped going to mcdonald's for two weeks you could buy my you know my course or you could buy the uh, i don't know the sure. vibrator or whatever yeah. right <laughs> like,
1: you know it's yeah just- no oh my god so can of worms. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a whole nother worthy, again, yeah. the po- episode because no anti um and uh, fat phobia, anti fatness mm. mm-hmm. actually is rooted in anti blackness. And mm-hmm. there's a beautiful like a really beautifully written book. um I'll have to send it to you um that talks about that and that was that originates during like in, you know, slavery time. Yeah and even prior to that too um but it's a really great great way um yeah it's just really eye opening to to look at that like you said like the disparity yeah. between um yeah like the and that's why i'm so i'm so um passionate about this and why like decolonizing wellness and health is a, a is a thing that that um deserves to be out there in the ether it's because Um good health is in relation, right? Like there's good health comes from relationship. We can't do it alone. And these wellness companies and celebrities make it seem like it's such an individual thing, right? By this and it's on you. Yeah. By that it's on you. Mm -hmm.
0: Like to be healthy is a choice. Like it's a choice that they have made. You know, and yeah. um, I think Gwyneth actually does sell this a lot. And I think that's where so many people do find her so unrelatable. Like, of course, she's unrelatable. Mm. Her life is unrelatable. And it it's not necessarily that, like, I need her to, like, I need to relate to her. But I, I also, like, I need her yeah. to, to maybe have a little bit more empathy for the fact that not everybody, you know, was born into nepotism, essentially. And, like, okay, good, you're a great actress, whatever. But it, it's just... She, she sells it like it's a choice. She's, she's invested this Her into platform. herself. And yeah. so therefore, she's going to yes. show you how you can do it too. All you have to do is buy the products. Or all you have to do is like have the open mind to, you know, explore the Goop website or like sign up for the newsletter or whatever. And it's not right. – she just completely misses the point of like – you know, the predatory 250 some dollar house coat or uh, one of my favorite products right. that I've seen on Goop is a rose quartz infused water bottle. It's like a $120 water bottle that has that. a, like a, a rose quartz, like um yeah. tower inside of it. Rose, yep. A yep. rose quartz tower like that is probably like 20 bucks at like a metaphysical shop. So I'm not right. sure what makes the 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 water bottle, $120, a hundred dollars more than what the crystal costs. Right. Um, so, but it's like, you need that to be high vibrational. Like you need that to open up the lifestyle and I'm not dropping $120 on a water bottle. Like I think my, Mm -hmm. one of my water bottles was like 40 and I'm like, why? (laughs) Why did (laughs) I spend this much money on a water bottle? (laughs) You know, uh, it's just a vessel for water. (laughs)
1: And, um Yeah, and, and then it's like, you know, and I had that conversation with my partner because I was going off about her. And he's like, I don't even pay any mind to her. I'm like, congratulations. Yeah. But also, like, she, she is – she's affecting the wellness industry, yeah. right? Like, she's silencing it, not on purpose, not intentionally mm. uh, silencing – but she's perpetuating it right yeah. like she's she's and that's where like that's not okay um so yeah so i think yeah like we we know all about her and we could just be like oh well that's just her but it's like she has too much of a hold on the wellness yeah yeah no
0: face. she's she has literally i mean In one, in one, you know, area, I'm like admiring her as a businesswoman, the way that she's been able to innovate within the space, the way, I mean, she was like a wellness influencer before we maybe even had a term, that term. True. And she really built an amazing business off of that. And I'm just being, when I say amazing, I'm just saying, you know, based off of like what she's been able to build, the profits, the jobs, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Um, However... (laughs) What she has built, because it has been so wildly successful, the right time, the right place. Yes, of course, she's a rich celebrity with a huge following already. So she was, you know, definitely wasn't starting at a deficit, but being able to do what she has done is a model – Number one, a model for other people. So the Goop, yes. whether you can ignore Goop or whatever, you're going to bump into Goop like tactics in other Affili- areas. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then we also have Goop launching uh, other uh, possibly uh, – untrustworthy voices into this space and kind of giving them yeah it's kind of like oprah you know like when oprah like has Mm. a new book like in her book club or like oprah like it's like a blind following gives a spotlight to a certain person and maybe oprah hasn't done her due diligence on these people but these people just get that seal of approval and then they they build their own oprah dumb or their own goop dumb or their own kingdom Mm -hmm. or whatever and Mm -hmm. you know there's so many people that oprah has endorsed that like are not super great i mean yeah dr phil i think dr oz we got john of god i mean yeah who was the guy who wrote the book and he said it was a a million pieces yeah 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 yeah, yeah. something like that yeah Yeah, that (laughs) book um the author there was like a whole controversy there so like yep these are super influential people who are giving their their seal of approval to other potentially influential people, and so it just keeps spreading. Um, and yep. so, exactly, it's not it's Gwyneth created it. It's not just Gwyneth, though. You know what I mean? It's not just and her, it's yep. not just you, yep. but it's a real yep kind of like we started with the snake oil as like the core root of the story goop is the root of our modern day wellness structures so i think it's important to see it for what it is and be able to see it in other places too
1: yeah yeah amazing and i appreciate that beautiful um (laughs) summary of like why she is not the coolest no so um (laughs) another piece of why like problematic and just the the sheer ignorance i think Mm -hmm. is what like she's like as a lot of these influencers creators celebrities it's just like ignorant to like the the their their influence and it's i'm sorry like you if you are that if you are that famous, you need your your team. Somebody on your motherfucking team needs to give you a a little information about like why that's not okay. So the reason why I go into this is because intentional or not, this is yeah. So February twenty two to twenty eighth every year is the National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Okay. For some reason, Gwyneth Paltrow it could decides to promote her favorite diet and project called intuitive fasting on instagram Mm. this book promotes a four-week flexible fasting plan that was created by dr will cole so like kelly said right like now she's having like she's like co-signing on people so if people that like trust her are like oh cool let me trust this person um so not only did she do this during the week okay that's kind of like tone not listening right like mm-hmm. um she she said this helped me reverse the effects of quarantine meaning her weight gain mm. again like kind of maybe fat shaming right yeah. like mm-hmm. like yeah. anti fat of like oh my god weight gain right weight gain is who says it's fucking negative um and then she, and then said it helped reach her optimal health and then also credits intuitive fasting for healing her from COVID. Uh-oh. She never had COVID. Oh. It was confirmed that she never had COVID. So she's straight up lying. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. And she got called out. How did people find out? I don't know. Yeah. But pe- she got okay. called
0: Out, oh man! For that, I thought we were gonna go into like anti-vax stuff for a second, and I was like, oh no! I mean, she hasn't, she hasn't
1: gone there, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think a lot of the
0: gootum has some anti-vax flirtations,
1: yeah. But, but, yeah, and and that's a great point again. Another like another uh, tangent, but like, yes, uh, the wellness, holistic wellness, is becoming very anti-science and anti. vaccination like i am very like into holistic but i'm also very science but Mm -hmm. also i'm science but very into holistic if that (laughs) makes sense you know what i mean yeah like i yeah like i'm not gonna completely discredit one because i'm on the other but that's not how a lot of folks because they truly believe in this stuff Mm -hmm. um these teachings that is out there so she does that and then here's another thing that she does that's not cool. Um, is that she sells these jade <laughs> vaginal <laughs> eggs. Oh, I was waiting for this. <laughs> if you didn't say it, I was Kelly, break it up. <laughs> yes, that Kelly requested we talk about. And I was like, hell yes. So the issue with this is again, that snake oil thing of the Chinese did this. This is ancient traditional, you know, ancient medicine Chinese from secret. the Chinese. Ugh. Secret. Exactly. Yeah. You sh- you need to try this, right? The ch- Chinese population and, and educators, practitioners came into the chat, entered the chat and said, no, we don't. The fuck? The fuck is this vaginal egg? No, we don't. No, mm-hmm. we the fuck we don't. Mm-hmm. Chinese people may use it for whatever but it is not a practice that that traditional chinese medicine uses people that are are learning about this do not learn about these eggs um so again like full circle right using a group of people and their cultures and their traditional practices and say Mm -hmm. they do this you should buy it Mm -hmm. um for 66 (laughs) dollars and there was actually a a lawsuit that that um the folks won because uh, against her them making false claims that it works so there's more information about that if if that you can find but Mm -hmm. yeah but it's still being i think it's still on the web it's still on the website i don't know if you can purchase it but it's still on the website so like the information Um, like how to
0: do it and they're not the only people who are selling yes this so
1: exactly yeah yeah yeah. the information is still there they're you, not claiming the ancient Chinese traditions anymore. Sure,
0: but you can use the resources on Goop and then find your own jade egg, which I would say is like actually pretty dangerous because, like, I who knows like jade could be porous depending on how that is made as well yeah uh, bacteria can harbor in there that you would never be able to it clean. is yeah and so that's a good point. Mm-hmm. i just want to put that out there for anybody who is probably listening to this is not interested in a jade egg a vaginal jade egg <laughs> ceremony <laughs> i don't know what it is <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but so i'm just so saying so don't put ceremony. crystals <laughs> <laughs> don't please put, don't do it please don't put just... crystals inside of your body at the end
1: no. just hold them in your hands and it it's makes, fine.
0: they're pretty yeah
1: and you know and that really and that is really also infuriating too because then like when people hear that they're like that's fucking ridiculous that's mm-hmm. dumb and it's like yeah it sounds dumb but then now they're thinking oh like ancient chinese traditional practices what are the fuck are the chinese doing you know what i mean so it just like <laughs> yeah perpetuates it well it's like it's
0: kind of like the oh of course they do Cause it's like it's weird. Yeah. Like, it's like a court Fucking slide, weirdos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if like, you're not on yeah, board with it, then you're just like, okay. yeah, that tracks. <laughs> like, oh. Right. It's yeah. like it's not even true. Right. She made it up, y'all. Like, yeah. So that's not okay. Um. <laughs> another thing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-oh. This is your. This is your. The skin. The sunscreen. Do you remember uh, oh no. the sunscreen? Oh, when she put like the tiniest
0: little bit on her face
1: yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is the stuff it's like you are so far removed and like up your own butt i'm sorry like this yeah. is the point because she speaks it with such conviction that she mm-hmm. like is is right like this is what you yeah. should do not once was she was like oh you know like this is just me this is my personal choice mm-hmm. she's like you know this is the reason why so for the folks for the listeners that have not seen this <laughs> ridiculous vogue like you know skincare with celebrities um which I I enjoy like I there's mm-hmm. folks that I like like watching but she she does hers and she ta- she goes on and up like very goop like talk about wellness and blah 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 but then she's like oh this is my skincare i like you know not she didn't even say like oh i don't go out in the sun often so i like i don't use it every mm-hmm. day she said when i use When I use uh, sunscreen, I only put it here and, like, dotted and, like, put it on her, like, cheekbones, Mm -hmm. like, highlighter because the sun doesn't hit anywhere else.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe in her nepotism bot mansion, the sun only hits those areas of her face through... UV tinted windows. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, it's not true. That's not true. Um, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. End is of podcast. Not it's not true. Um, the Yeah. You probably know that listening. You you know that that's not true. You need to put it on your whole face. Um, it, a little bit does not go a long way. A lot of bit goes a no. long way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apply yeah. often and generously. Um, yeah. I, uh I don't even know it's like I don't even know how to res- like I like I can't even open a dialogue with somebody who like can't even picture the sun hitting anything other than their cheekbones and like the top of their And nose. this is
1: a, this is the CEO of yeah. this fucking wellness industry. Skincare if you don't line. know how basic science. Yes. <laughs> right. If you don't know basic science, ma'am. Please stop. Yeah. And and <laughs> Like, this shit. Right? Like, we're not seeing articles about Mm -hmm. it unless you Google it, right? Like, you're not... Like, it's... Like, like she's not getting canceled for it. Like, the people that know about her just, like, already know. Well, and I think that... Maybe in her mind, in her world,
0: this is me being empathetic and putting myself within Gwyneth's shoes. Perhaps she's thinking a good majority of her followers are probably people who believe that uh, sunscreen contains a lot of dangerous chemicals that um, disrupt your hormones and and, and enter your bloodstream, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a common myth. It is not true. It's not true. Um, That is a common myth that is spread, that spreads like wildfire on social media. Right. Um, And people just keep debunking it and it just keeps getting spread and yep. people just believe it. And it goes back to the whole concept of what's easy to understand and, and, and believe, right. Cause the science behind it, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, yeah. And like maybe a little bit gets in your bloodstream, but like, it's not a big deal. It's like, it, it's harder to understand. So it's really easy yeah. to understand this. So h- half of the people who follow her probably believe that. Then the other half are probably like, "Oh, I need to use it because it's a health accessory." And so she probably is like tormented about should she show sunscreen or not. So she splits the difference right. and she just uses the tiny yeah. little bit that won't enter her bloodstream,
1: and it's just to protect this little part of my little baby cheek right here. <laughs> and it's my it's my seventy five dollars sunscreen that you can find that goop. Well, maybe that's why she's it's only clean. applying so little because it's so expensive. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. So that yeah, that that is happening. Um, and another thing, again, like she's what it is is she's like she's contradictory. It's not just her. It's a lot of these wellness um content creators people, right, that are saying like, and and I'm not here to be like she needs to be perfect. I am not perfect. I, yeah, that's not it. But she's living this life, like she's perpetuating this image that she's embodying this perfect wellness thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you are a GD liar (laughs) because she sits here. Here's another one. She sits here and says, so she promotes detoxes, fads, diets to cleanse yourself, right? Um, But then she will sit there and promote her organic label, wine label, um mm-hmm. and from my understanding i've read in this article that she says she drinks daily right okay. and it not and i'm not like alcohol drinking shaming at all mm-hmm. but if she's gonna sit there and, and talk all this ish about toxins and blah 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 blah, but then consume and sell mm-hmm. alcohol which mm-hmm. is by science one of the most toxic right. substances yeah <laughs> like there's nothing good except for maybe red wine with antioxidants but like no. Even with that, there's moderation.
0: Yeah. And I think that 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 is going to ultimately be any type of issue you're going to run into with a brand that's built on the back of a personality of like one person. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I, I get it because I I see that too. It's like sometimes you you don't – you say one thing and then you do something else and then people call you out for it and you're just like, well, yeah, but like I'm I'm a complex human being. But it's like you can't be a complex human being if you're a brand, right? Like you have to be this one thing all the time. And um, I think it – Ultimately, we'll probably see Gwyneth take a step back from being the face so much of Goop, probably because that pressure is actually really huge, um, and also like she has yeah. a controversy like every month, right?
1: So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, be- because she's so far removed from yeah. like everyday people,
0: yeah. And I think the Goop lifestyle just like insulates you even more from that, from that experience, totally. right? Um, and I think that that is. Ultimately, the the most difficult thing for me to get on board with is just like the the lifestyle feels really unattainable. And then, like once you're in the lifestyle, Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. like it's just yeah, it's not it's not not that you don't need to relate to everything, but it's just you just are not going to (laughs) understand all the stuff that we talked about. You know, yeah. Um, it's yeah, Yeah. it's a difficult, it's a it's interesting. I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I'm like, but what about Gwyneth's
1: feelings? (laughs) I feel so. I feel so torn because I'm like, she's a human being. She has lots of me. she she does. She is. She, does. She, is <laughs> she is, but she's also a businesswoman. I know. That's just you know what I mean? It's she's over. Me I'm just like, woman. I wonder
0: what she's like behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she seems cool though. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like like I watched her documentary on like how she like did like um different episodes of different like wellness holistic things, mm-hmm. but even that, like I can I can find some annoying part. Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, she doesn't seem like she's out there being like super mean and really shitty. Like, no. she actually said some stuff that I thought it was hilarious. It's just the the, the wellness business model that she's yeah. perpetuating yeah. and has created. So, no, I, I appreciate you bringing that out because I, yeah, I don't want to speak <laughs> ill of her as a p- person and human because, no. like I said, she's—I don't think she's evil. I would, would I drink wine with her? Hell yeah, I would probably yeah. party with her. Mm-hmm. um but, but yeah, but I think it's just because she's blown up based on, like you said, they're like really smart, strategic business practices. Yeah. It, it is perpetuating this problematic thing that we're now noticing. Right. Um, right. As a, as a society too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, we're able to see
0: it now because I think that we're in a point in a, in a space in our history where uh, we're pulling back the curtain, so to speak, on a on a lot of this stuff, yeah, but it's yep. also like her her business model, her marketing model is being copied by other people at this point. So, yes. You know, it's it's kind of twofold. It's like we see it, and I think you know this is okay. Again, I'm like, I totally want to talk about Moon Juice, but like, I don't like. I'm not like trying to say like save Gwyneth, but like leave Gwyneth alone. But it's. (laughs) I'm just saying that, like, I think it's interesting that we put, not we, you and I, but just generally the media that is calling her out. And and she has so many haters and and, and deservedly so. But I'm just saying that, like, there is a lot of rage against her as a person, not on Goop, not on on these bigger concepts that you and I are identifying. But there's so much, like, rage and hate put upon her as if everything has stemmed from her. Um, yes. And I, I find that Absolutely. interesting, too, because I think if she was a man, we would have framed the conversation around Goop uh, very differently. Um, yeah. I just think that like women generally, even though wellness is always uh, geared uh, and targeted more towards women, our society is set up in a way where we are harsher on women. or we're, we're more likely to see their... We're more Uh, critical. We're more critical of them, exactly. And what one male, uh, you know, goop like wellness guru might have done could have easily gone on, flown under the radar if Gwyneth did it as a female, as a white woman. I think that that is going to be called out a lot faster. Um, Yeah. And so I just, I just find it interesting. Um, But ultimately, I mean, she is, yes, she's a, she's a privileged white wealthy woman. So she's got it pretty easy um, in this, in this space. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, everything that we have talked about has been, we already modeled that in the snake oil episode (laughs) or the snake oil story. Mm -hmm. Right. So nothing is new here. You know, it's just like you said. Yeah, it's yeah. So she
1: didn't. She didn't create it exactly. No. She didn't create it. No. Like it was essentially there, and mm-hmm. she, you, you know, used it in this modern space yeah. of it's, business strategy. It's been working for hundreds of years. Exactly.
0: And that is the perfect place to end part one. Come back in two weeks. We have part two for you. We're talking about Amanda Chantel Bacon, the founder of Moon Juice, and we're going to link it all back to the origins of wellness. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share this with a friend, share it on social media. If you put it on Instagram, please tag me at the Journey a Self-Care Podcast. Another great way to support the show is to rate and review if you're in Spotify, rate it with stars. It takes two seconds. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take the two seconds, rate it. And if you have a few more seconds or minutes, if you could just write a couple sentences, it would be so, so helpful. It really helps other people find the show. Thank you so much for allowing me and Mao into your ears today. I am just so grateful that you are here. I want to remind you, you are doing an amazing job and I want you to just keep going. I'm sending you so much love on this journey. Bye.